You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. And welcome to Ring Post Radio on this fine Martin Luther King Jr. weekend. Uh, I am your host, Ryan Knightsey. Join me, as always, man, the myth, legend, Scotty Edwards, the fellow gray boy, Scotty Edwards. Scotty, how are you doing? <laughs> we're rocking and rolling today. I uh, I may or may have forgot that we were start, supposed to start early. We're still starting early, yeah. just not as early as we hoped. So uh, this is going to be action-packed fast fun episode we're gonna hit everything as much as we can and uh we'll be out of here before you know it but we're gonna this is, this is gonna be a, it's gonna be full for what was a long week <laughs> of lots of lots of wrestling yeah no worries no worries on on the delay start my, scotty no worries whatsoever uh i i'd not hold it against you but yes we are because we are we lost some time we are going to be flying through some topics and it wouldn't be and it wouldn't be ring post radio if we're starting the week we're like oh, it might be a busy week maybe maybe not i mean i don't know and then end up being like a insane uh insane day of wrestling and whatnot so yeah, uh, call us uh, TNA because we're about to have some total nonstop action. Here we go, Ring Post Radio, episode seventy nine. Here we go, baby. Great joke, starting off the show. Um, let's start, let's just jump right into it, Scotty, because I think the big news thing that we just got to continue with is, of course, this continuation of the corporate shakeup of WWE and the eventual upcoming this year it's happening baby <laughs> sale of wwe so i feel like let's start i think those are the two big like topic points that really shaked out this week so what do you want to, what choose your own adventure style what do you want to go with more the corporate shakeups or the uh wwe sale i think the shakeup kind of leads into the sale now now it does fair so. enough fair <laughs> enough so obviously last week we talked about how vince mcmahon was uh, you know going at it like, oh, I'm going back to the board. He's back on the board. He <laughs> voted himself back on the board. Uh, then it was announced on Tuesday that Stephanie McMahon, uh, Vince McMahon's daughter, and at the time, co-CEO of WWE, uh, resigned from WWE. In that same day, in the same statement from WWE's press release, that the board of directors unanimously voted Vince McMahon as executive chairman of the board. So Stephanie is officially out, very not in the same way, but in a similar fashion. At least she at least she didn't get an article published after the fact about how poor she was at her job or whatever, but in a similar fashion to how it was last year when Stephanie uh resigned or from WWE. Um but now Vince is the he- the head executive chairman of the board. So that's fun stuff. Uh, when he got to the board, a WWE shareholder filed a class action lawsuit against him, stating that his uh, that he violated state law with both his board and bylaw changes because the, one of the first things he did as executive chairman of the board is adjust bylaws to give board members more power. And when you are a board member with the most amount of power, you're essentially just giving yourself 
more power. Um, so great stuff there. Uh, and then, um, bum, 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 that's sale talk. And then other corporate shakeup stuff. There was a talent meeting uh, that with Triple H and Co. Um, I believe Kevin Dunn was also there and he spoke as well. Um, uh, on SmackDown, right before SmackDown, uh, saying basically that, um, you know, he stressed that uh, he squashed all the rumors. Basically, it was just calming down the talent, saying, you know, the company was going to be sold. It will be sold. He, It's not a done deal. Um, and that he basically stressed the return of Vince McMahon does not impact the creative team or the creative process, although he would also mention that, quote, anything can change. Of course he did. Uh, he said that while him and Vince may have discussions about WWE creative, Vince always defers to Triple H for the final say. Um, Kevin Dunn, I believe, also spoke up and said that he hasn't really spoken to Triple H or to Vince McMahon about changing anything. So, uh, you know, I'll read the tea leaves of uh, Triple H and Vince are talking about things, I guess, but uh, Kevin Dunn and Vince are not. So, I mean, read the tea leaves on that one. So, yeah, uh, Vince is head of the board. Stephanie is out. Triple H, I don't know, ticking clock, my guy. Ticking clock. That's all I got to say on that. So, Thoughts on the corporate shakeup of the McMahon family, really? This is fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> you know, it's great. Everyone's having a great time. Uh, I don't know. It's all a disaster. It, it, it's so bad. It's just so bad. And, and you know, it's funny. So I watched SmackDown specifically this week because it was the first show that they were having since just the colossal mess that was Tuesday night. Yeah. And I was gonna be like, oh, I, I doubt much changes. It was probably one of the best SmackDowns I've seen in a while, and I, I thought that was very I heard funny. So much praise going to Braun Strowman in the Gunther match, and I'm yeah, so that was that was a lot better than I expected. I guess Braun's not as bad as I. Um, and then uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn had a good match in the main event. So, so, but my point was, I was like, all right, I'll see if like let me get let me get a grasp of who's working this show. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like cuz I I know I saw the talent meeting but I was like it takes it takes like it could be a snap of the fingers and the show could be different. Literally Triple um, H said, "Quote, anything can happen." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anything can change. So so my hope is that he's tr- right f- for as long as possible at this point, right? Mm-hmm. It's like just I've been saying I've been saying it for weeks now. Just get me to the rumble. Just get me to the rubble. I, I just wanted this to get to the rubble. Uh, I, the case of Stephanie, it's I think everyone kind of should have saw this coming. Mm-hmm. It's like clearly we know why she was out the first time. Um, the her her um, message to everyone of oh they're fine and you know our owner Vince McMahon's back. Ah, oh, such bullshit. Who gives it? Like I understand why she does it, but it's like come on, you literally left the first time. Mm-hmm. And then you're gone again. Um, Seemingly pushed I just, out the first time. You know, the belief, yeah. the rumor belief is that she was pushed out the first time. Oh, absolutely. And I just think that at this point, it's like, it's just inevitable to this company being, I'm going to say ruined by the man that created this company sooner rather than later. So all these moves, it just does feel like it's the slow burn to the demise of an interesting product. And as we know now with the sales could be the slow demise of the product as a whole, not just the 
product on television, but the product of interest for anyone wanting to watch this company. Yeah. And uh, that's sad. That's sad. I think we all realized the hard way this week what it would feel like if WWE was sold to someone we don't want them sold to. Somehow, somehow, not being owned by Vince McMahon could be worse is what I learned this week. <laughs> uh, just a quick touch on the uh, Stephanie McMahon stuff and all that stuff. You know, Vince coming back, very vindictive, very, uh, oh, people, Vince. I think people told me the wrong information. Huh. I wonder who those people were. Uh, <laughs> I wonder who those people were. You know, the reason you had to step down to begin with is that someone on the board uh, released some info. So I wonder, you know, of the people that left the board of the people, you know, Stephanie, I wonder how, which of those people he felt that, uh, you know, he, he chose three people's names. He could have chosen anybody else. He chose three people's names, two other people drop. Now Stephanie's gone from the board, uh, and as co-CEO. So it, you know, who knows? Um, but yeah, no, I, I think, you know, it is just a matter of time. It is fascinating for me because it, it is such like, I don't know, five years ago, maybe, Maybe five years ago, maybe less, we were still getting the dialogue of this is a family business and that the uh, future idea of the company is that Vince is handing it over to his next of kin. And there was at one point in time before everything exploded really like last summer that there was a they started the preparations of really also around XFL and kind of to 2022 uh spring of 2022 there was like starting the preparations of okay let's put triple h in charge of this and and stephanie in charge of this so that the when vince retires or leaves or dies or anything like that we have the next plan in place that last one's ever happening because yeah no and now and and then that exploded then stephanie then triple h lost power nick con rose power stephanie lost power um and then stephanie got out of the company and it it just here we are today so it's interesting to me just go like in the matter of like a year almost vince mcmahon's thought process going from this is a family business to (laughs) feels like uh michael jordan fucked them kids and just saying (laughs) screw all this i'm just gonna sell it to the highest bidder and you know call it and call a day and either in either selling to the highest bidder making money and riding off to the sunset or selling to the highest bidder and screwing over his entire family and saying, screw you. I'm out of here. I'm, I'm create, I'm going to keep all the power. I'm going to create all the control and your, all my family can hit, hit the bricks. You know, I, I said this last week, but again, I repeat, people are really going to be hoping that this company is bought by Comcast. Yeah. That's That's, the best case scenario. That is absolutely best case scenario because this company is selling. So, That's that's really all only your only hope, but I uh, I don't feel great about it to say the least. Me neither. Me neither. Well, let's talk about the selling part of it. So, because Stephanie leaving and hearing the J.P. Morgan all this stuff, there is a big uproar Tuesday night where big uproar might be say lightly (laughs) (laughs) there where members of the media were were given uh, info about. A sale might have hap- had happened. Um, turns out that uh, you know, and then everyone reporting it, and and Cassidy Haynes reporting it that they sold to Saudi Arabia, um, and yada yada. And that yada. guy from the zone, yeah, the guy from the zone, twice yep. within a week mm-hmm. about certain things, uh, and then deleting his tweets and all this stuff. So it turns out everyone, we 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 wake up and nothing has happened. They haven't sold. 
there still might be you know a deal presented or something um but uh they have not sold as of time of recording so all that uproar uh became as of not but like you sort of alluded to before we get to the rest of the sale stuff like you sort of alluded to before scotty the idea of the entire wrestling twitter sphere you know maybe it got released there uh, in the in the media because they were trying to test the waters on this idea oh absolutely but we uh, <laughs> as media people or whatever all faced the what felt like the potential reality of yeah. sell WB selling to the country of Saudi Arabia and yeah. that just was hilarious for like the thir- first 30 minutes hour and then when it set in like, oh, this actually might be this actually might be real, yeah. it became, oh fuck, the women's division screwed. People like Sami Zayn, who are like I was gonna say morally, but like religiously can't be involved. Um culturally can't be involved. Uh, uh the tape library uh of wrestling's history <laughs> just being yeah. sold. Th- that reality is starting to settle in for a lot of people. And st- like I said, the deal hasn't happened, it's still not being Saudi Arabia. But the reality of, oh, it still could be Saudi Arabia, really clicked for a lot of people on Tuesday. How was your Tuesday night? Oh, man. It was... You you tried to think about everything that could come from this, which was a lot more than I think people realized initially, and and we've seen it more and more. But the the first thing was just, you know, the ultimate fear that re- wrestling's history is gone. The company that a lot of us got into, it doesn't exist in a lot of ways anymore. Like, everything bad that you could think of would be happening if, Sa- if Saudi bought it, right? Yeah. Because, one, you're going to be, it's a country that treats women awful and, you know, we go on and on about that when their shows come around yeah. uh, that they do already. Um, but Fitz McMahon, by the way, people, he would not only be back in power, he'd probably have ultimate power um, even more than he already does. But the feeling that the game changes in that no one, and and this is serious, there's going to be, there will be some people that walk out, but money's money. Yeah. And there comes a point where these these there's still pro wrestlers. There's still people try oh there's still people trying to make a living off of this. Mm-hmm. And if Saudi Arabia is going to own this company, they're going to pay more money mm-hmm. than we've ever seen paid in professional wrestling to keep the biggest and the best. To the point where it doesn't become competitive anymore for other companies. Yeah. And that's a real fear. Imagine imagine those pay bumps for the Saudi shows, you know, the pay bumps that bring Shawn Michaels out of retirement. Imagine oh, those yeah. pay bumps commonplace for WB wrestlers. You know, that's that's yeah. a potential that is a superseding, it could buy out any other company. It like you know, it doesn't matter. Like any any wrestler who's just like doesn't care morally or whatever is just gonna be like, oh fuck it, yeah, that's the bag, right? That's the Brinks truck right there. Who gives a shit? Yeah, it, it because then the differences in what AEW is offering for, I don't know, random talent number one, you know, compared to what W like five million will be like minimum at that point. Like that's the scary part, and 
that's the part that's like that's not a world I want to live in. Don't get me wrong, there are going to be plenty of wrestlers that morally do not want to work for that company, but there's going to be a lot that would be like, well, I can't not take this money. We we see it, and people start to make the comparisons to PGA Golf and Live Golf and kind of what we've seen there. Um, and it is a big difference. Um, a lot of the best golfers do play for Live Golf now, but there's been other conversations of TV deals and how Live Golf doesn't have a TV deal and yada, yada, yada. But PGA has such good relationships with so many networks that that has a play. WWE is still the top dog, no matter what, the way you cut it. So it would be different. Uh, but there was just a lot of fear. You, you saw everyone. You saw people <laughs> who have given up on WWE yeah. long ago be like, God damn it. <laughs> like, come on. Like, <laughs> It's like that. It's like that feeling inside, right? That's like you—you you may not watch anymore, but you like to know it's there, yeah. right? Just like just mm-hmm. in case, uh, because they are the reason a lot of us again are wrestling fans. And that being gone is a fear, a real fear. Yeah. And uh, we came really close to it being gone. And I'm not saying we're out of. The, I'm not saying we're out of it yet. We're not it out of the happen, water yet. It could happen any minute. Uh, where we 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 move forward in those discussions, but I'm um, I'm hoping that uh, anyone else comes through at this point. <laughs> well, yeah. So uh, it turns out that you know Ariel Halami, Brandon Thurston, Dave Meltzer all woke up 9 a.m. that morning, uh, Wednesday, and said, "Nope, not sold to Saudi Arabia Public Investment Fund." But obviously, I have a problem with everyone, by the way, from the previous night that said big news may be dropping. Yeah, and I am like, OGs. <laughs> Like everyone, like I know some people are like, well, there's some real professionals. I was like, yes, but almost everyone said something yeah. in some sort of fashion. Maybe they didn't say, hey, it's Saudi Arabia coming in to buy it, but it started with one tweet, mm-hmm. and the rest of the night was just a disaster. Yeah, it started from <laughs> started from old Alvarez, right? And then yeah, uh, he and said, then just uh, and then like a couple of hours went by, and then it really started blowing up. Oh yeah, that heated up in a bad way. Um. Uh, Dave Meltzer said on Wrestling Observer Radio that uh, they are the WWE is still not you know not sold to Saudi Arabia, but they're in the mix. The plan is to sell the company by mid twenty twenty three. There were a couple people in the bidding for it. Obviously, Saudi Arabia's public investment fund. Um, uh, there is also a Endeavor. Nick- Endeavor, the owners of UFC, are also in the hunt. Uh, Nick Khan uh, sat down with uh, Disney CEO Bob Iger and ESPN head Jimmy Pitaro. Um, I believe that's how it's pronounced. Um, that island of relevancy ride, baby. <laughs> there was a Tom Sawyer island relevancy. That's I'm talking about it, baby. Let's do it. Um, and then, yeah, and then <laughs> this one also popped up. I don't think there's any likelihood it's going to happen. But uh, also the Khan family. Not Nick Khan, Tony Khan <laughs> and his dad, owners of Jacksonville Jaguars, AEW, Ring of Honor, uh, Fulham. They are also, their names are running about if they wanted to join in, they would uh, have to get another uh, investment firm to join up with them. But I don't think it's going to happen. There's no way they have more money than Saudi Arabia or Comcast. But, but you know, we have Comcast, NBC Universal, uh, you know, uh, Saudi Arabia, Disney, ESPN, I guess also kind of owned by Disney at that point. Um, uh, you know, the Khan family, all these people are now potential bidders for this product. 
Uh, who do you think? What What do you think the likelihood of any of these things? Who do you think is the most likeliest option or the best option? I'm maybe? Still, the best option? It's Comcast or Endeavor. Endeavor because we've seen what they've done with the UFC. That's not, and it's not like mm-hmm. destroy. The, I mean, the UFC just destroyed itself. Um, in in any ways of popularity, they're still very popular. Uh, don't get me wrong, but you know they've the Endeavor's done well with them. But I think it's that them or Comcast. Um, I think you know you see the Khan family put their name in just to be like get interest on AEW more than anything. It's like, oh, the, yeah. the 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 competitor wants to buy them, right? And it's like it it just getting to read that, right? For people interested and they read AEW, that who knows if that brings anyone, but it's worth a shot. Uh, I don't see that happening. And we know what the worst case scenario is. We we already know. Yeah, we felt that on Tuesday. Um, to also help out the uh, stock price and selling out, selling, selling out, selling the show. Uh, <laughs> uh, they also brought in the Rain Group uh, as financial advisors and Kirkland LS August LLC as legal advisors. The Rain Group is very noticeable as well. Uh, they are the ones that uh, you know sold, helped sell UFC to Endeavor for that four billion dollars, and they are the ones that are currently. Uh, helping Manchester United facilitate a sale as well. They are they are people that uh that close. So uh, this is a. Aren't they the ones that helped with the uh, greatest Royal Rumble? Yes. Slash making that deal. Yes, they they. What's interesting about them is that they do also have ties to Saudi Arabia as well, uh, and so does J.P. Morgan, which was the uh, bank that they're that they're selling through the WWE is. Um, so they have ties with Saudi Arabia. They helped negotiate that deal with the first with the Saudi Arabia deal, basically as a whole. Um, this is great. This is great. We're fine. It's, it's fine. so it's not. Fine. It's again. It's not that they're selling to Saudi Arabia. It's not that they have sold to Saudi Arabia. It's just they have a bank that has ties has the ability to do stuff through Saudi Arabia. They have their uh, a financial advisor who has sold UFC, currently selling it in Manchester United. And uh, previously helped them with the Saudi Arabia deal to begin with. Um, just a lot of smoke to that fire. And, uh, and Vince McMahon doesn't have a limit. Yes, uh, we found that out as well. Um, and also there were more reports that came out that uh, Stephanie McMahon and Triple H opposed the WWE sale. That's not a big shocker. Um, uh, but they, Shocked. as Stunned. members of the uh, uh, board, uh, they opposed the sale. So... But Stephanie's out, so doesn't really matter for her much for her anymore. It's kind of just Triple H is on. I really, I really don't think Triple H is long for this world. Uh, world for sorry, not world, the universe of WWE. I don't think he's. I don't think he's staying around. There's no way. There's no way. And I feel bad for him because I. I don't know where he's gonna go if he goes anywhere from that. But yeah, I. I the if company's getting sold. Really. Really wanted to start a wrestling company, and they just saw Triple H and Stephanie McMahon with no job. Yeah, you would also obviously need pl- plenty of backing. But oh yeah, I, it was one thing that popped in my mind when Saudi became like a legitimate thing. I was like, yeah. I mean, if if they want to stay in wrestling, mm-hmm. it, it was interesting. I was listening to uh, Voice of Wrestling Flash Up podcast, and they made a great point about Triple H of. If Triple H wanted to start his own promotion, he does not have enough money as WWE, obviously, no, especially no. to get sold. He does not have enough money to even rat- rival like AEW with Tony Khan, 
Like he would have to have some sort it would of be other a thing party. Where he led it, led like whoever. Yeah, it would have to be some other thing. It would have. It would be way smaller. He would not. You know, he he has a lot of friends in WWE and stuff that you know roster members that like him, but he would have to pay them way less. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it, it it's it'd be a tough spot for he's in he's in a tough spot. He's between a rock and a hard place. He's in a company where he feels kind of feels like he's getting actively pushed. Maybe not maybe, maybe not actively, but passively. Maybe he needs the rock. Maybe he needs Stone Cold or at least Luke Hawks to come in and help out. Uh, <laughs> or Ryan uh, Satin as the Undertaker. Sad. It's also sad. <laughs> but yeah, a little bit about it. The sales happening. Sales happening at some point in the summer, probably, or this or late spring, mid twenty twenty three. It's gonna be. We're gonna come on here, celebrate my birthday, Scotty, and then uh, uh, talk about how WWE sold to Saudi Arabia. That's that's what's gonna be happening. Uh, June, <laughs> whatever the episode is next around my birthday. Um, so yeah, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be interesting. It, you know, it's going to be interesting one, Scotty, to go from, uh, your birthday week of talking about, uh, uh, WWE, but potentially selling and then go ending up at my birthday week and talking about, oh, they sold, uh, so perfect. Have a, what a perfect have a six great months. time here, folks. What a perfect six months. I don't know. Is there any oh. other thoughts you had about the, this whole WWE sale situation before we move on? Um, had the sale been true, yes, but since it's not true, we will await that, which is, you know, it's coming, like we said, uh, but we'll have to wait and see, because I'm sure, you know, this week won't be quiet, because no week's quiet anymore with this goddamn company, uh, but the Royal Rumbles is coming up, so that's cool. <laughs> you know, speaking about the Royal Rumble, though, the fact that, like, oh, yeah, nothing's changing creatively and all this stuff, you know... I could there's there's a possibility that like well yeah we're gonna I could see Vince you know I can see Vince being like oh yeah I'm not gonna take over creative until after the Royal Rumble's over because he's building the Royal mm-hmm. Rumble we need to sell stuff I'm not gonna ruin that build right. I also don't don't think Vince would care and just come in and because he would think his stuff is better but who knows uh, <laughs> we'll find out huh. uh, we'll find out for sure but uh, yeah no. I think you're right. We the sale didn't actually happen. We have time to get there. Um, we'll have what f- three to six months or whatever to get there, and uh, we'll find out more information when it happens. And we'll keep talking about it in case anything more comes up. Uh, let's talk about Dynamite. Let's talk about AEW. They had their LA Forum show, their big old LA Forum show, and it felt like a really big show. This was uh, we haven't talked about it, obviously because we don't talk about AEW weekly on the show. Um, but it really felt like they've been on a great string of episodes as of late, and this was uh, a really great episode of television uh, that I really enjoyed. I, I pretty much loved everything on it. Even the stuff on Rampage was fantastic. Um, but what did you think as a whole of this L.A. Oh, Forum show? Um, I, thought, I thought it was excellent. Uh, I, think, I think it's one of the greatest episodes of Dynamite ever doesn't really matter what happened outside of the three matches on dynamite for me because i don't i think i was so excited for the big three that i was like i whatever else happened on the show whatever uh i know for a lot of people it was ruined um or not well yeah it was ruined because a certain mercedes monet did not show up which i I, it's some of that is the talking point that i did want to have is that yeah that is aw's fault 
because they teased it so heavily without teasing. You know, it's like if she wasn't showing up, Tony Khan shouldn't be saying like, I can't talk about it on Grapsity and you can't have Britt Baker saying boss and you can't like you got to the point where it felt like it was 100% happening. You had people in the media saying they were pretty confident it was happening. I don't think it ruined it. It didn't ruin yeah. it for me because I knew she wasn't coming. Um, and I thought the women's match was actually pretty good. Yeah, I thought they had a I thought they had a good show. I thought Soraya looked a lot better this time around. So, and that's what tag team wrestling does yeah. for certain people, anyways. But I I don't think that ruined the show at all. And if that if that ruined the show for you, then I don't think you appreciated what AEW was trying to do with this show. Mm-hmm. Um, they had three tremendous matches on one show probably the best night of in-ring television wrestling ever truthfully Mm -hmm. with those three matches you had hangman and moxley absolutely killing it fantastic match you had brian danielson kenosuke takeshita just (laughs) having the crowd go out of their freaking mind and then of course you close with the escalera de la muerte which was actually what for me the weakest match not saying anything bad about them no (laughs) just the other two were fantastic Mm -hmm. and that one was just like that one was action 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 which is great but those other two were just you know phenomenal in their own ways and that's that's why people want to watch AEW, right this is the type of episode you're waiting for and next week's gonna be fantastic too and that's the excitement here it's just it is so next level for this company right now. It is. This is the AEW that came out of all out 2021. Yeah. Red hot, untouchable at times. Mm-hmm. This is, this is the company you've been waiting for. Sure. Does it have CM Punk? No. But what it does have. Well, maybe. <laughs> is everything else. You have Adam Cole back. Yeah. I mean, come on. That pop, that promo. That was phenomenal. Listen. MJF and No Mercedes Monet is not going to ruin one of the greatest television wrestling shows I've ever seen. It's not. Yeah. It's just not. It was fantastic from top to bottom. Yeah, no, I thought the show was fantastic. Those three matches you spoke about were all great. I went uh, four star plus on all three of those matches, I think. I did too. Uh, they were just phenomenal. The Moxley page was a, a brawl oh. that just had so much story in it. Uh, uh, uh and Danielson was just a all out work rate, great technical wrestling machine that, that, uh, that, uh, <laughs> as everyone thought it was a, a near botch, uh, of the, uh, catching, you know, going for the, the small package or whatever, catching him, pile driving him and then practically, I guess. And then uh, lifting the him up buster. for a German, yeah, that front front facing dude buster him. Uh, then so the good. the German there, I, beautiful, beautiful sequence. I said uh, before this before the show, I was like, you know, if Takeshi gets enough shows on TV, he's gonna be like the rest of the year. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I I watched some of his stuff from he had like two matches in DDT before he came back, and he did and he did Bola, yep, and he did this, yep. and I was like. I don't think anyone started the year. Like I understand, Kenny and Osprey did what they did. I get that. That's great. Kenny's gonna, 
also be a v- big favorite for wrestler of the year. I understand that. In any of the, you if, give... if, if if Omega and Osprey didn't exist, then he would would undoubtedly probably be wrestler of the year. Yeah, and I think he's going to be. He's in the spot now where it's like he's going to get these TV matches and he's going to kill it and eventually he's going to win and then he's going to get a title and then he's going to get title matches every week. He, this dude is it. I know that you know some people had their doubts with him this this past week. Irrelevant people that is. And this guy is absolute money. Him and Danielson went in there, and I thought they had the best match of the night. On a night where, if you told me you thought one was the best match of the night, or the other one was mm-hmm. the best, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't disagree. That's how great of a night it was. I, uh, I just had this thought, and I'll just throw it by you. I don't know if it'll ever happen. This is sort of fantasy booking, but uh, I would love this. So obviously, I obviously I think down the line we'll have Omega Osprey two. You know, probably, maybe probably Forbidden, yeah, probably forbidden so. Door. Um, forbidden Door would be my guess. Uh, you know, Osprey probably wins it back. Um, wins back the title. Uh, if, if they're not doing a third match. But I say don't do the third match. Uh, you know, uh, Osprey wins back the title. AEW needs some sort of win. Uh, why not give it to the guy whose storyline is, I need a big win, and have Takeshita face Osprey and beat uh, Osprey in a nine-title match. That'd be pretty sick. Pretty sick. I would. I don't. The DDT stuff might be rough, but uh, but he's an AEW guy, so maybe it works. I don't know. Trying to figure out if he'll ever be allowed on those shows because of that. Because yeah, I want him on those shows. Uh, but that'd be awesome. It's the same thing with the Lucha Brothers and stuff. I want him. Yes and no, because like there isn't the crazy, you know, politics of Lucha Libre in there. Fair enough. There are enough politics in there to keep them off. <laughs> but yeah, let's talk. Um, since we're sort of just doing an overview, let's talk about let's talk about Adam Cole first. So he uh, made a a legit surprise announcement. No one at the actual show knew he was there. Uh, not even announcers apparently knew he was there. Uh, a legit shock, a return. He really shocked the system um, on that one. Nice. Um, thank you. Uh, and uh, yeah, he returned. He's uh, healthy. He's presumably cleared and stuff. Um, and he's back as a babyface, no less, which I also think is a great idea, you know, coming out of this whole concussion injury of about six, seven months of concussion injuries. That was real rough, obviously. Um, I believe even Britt Baker said that, or, or no, I think it was Alvarez or something. I don't know. He knew, but apparently he said that his concussion stuff was way worse than he actually let on, uh, that Adam Cole let on. But, Bringing him back as a baby face is a great idea. And I think, you know, I, I do think that AEW might need more heels maybe, but I think between MJF and Swerve, you're, you could be good probably. Um, and, you know, you got some other ones of Hobbs and all those other guys. But um, I, I think bringing him back as a face is interesting because then you can also run Adam Cole versus MJF at some point. And that could be a fun little, maybe like a TV program, maybe. I don't know. I don't know if it's a pay-per-view, but maybe a fun little TV program. But, you know, Adam Cole coming back. I think that's uh, a nice, again, little shot in the arm for AEW coming back in the new year strong. What do you think about Adam Cole? This was the best Adam Cole has been since the Undisputed Era was at its height. Mm -hmm. That's how far I'm willing to go back. Because... It was just Adam Cole. Yeah. There was no undisputed error in sight, right? Or undisputed elite or whatever the hell we're going to call it. Mm-hmm. Nobody. He was Adam Cole and he got to be by himself and he got to be 
true to himself and not the like the reason people were down on Adam Cole wasn't because he's a bad professional wrestler. No. He still had good matches during the time that people were down on him. It's that he was the same guy that just left NXT. You and I talked about it almost every week whenever we talked about Adam Cole. It was always like, he's boring because he's the same guy he's been for like six years. (laughs) Who cares? This is already so far off from that. Yeah. And going babyface, I think it's smart, at least from the time being, because this guy was going to be cheered no matter what. Right? We we never knew if he was going to come back, when he was going to come back, if he was going to come back. And now not only is he back, but he has this killer promo. The pop in the building is as loud as any. Go with him. See what you could do. There's a number of matches to go with. Now that he's back in time for Revolution, you can get him a big match on there. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited because I think I think the world of Adam Cole, I always have. I always thought he's a great wrestler. He checks all the boxes maybe yeah maybe he's not tall or anything but that's a wwe problem people everywhere else that is not a problem yeah he is a great promo you saw it in here he is has a connection with fans that few have i'm very happy he's back it's like the final shot in the arm that AEW could have asked for right yeah like yeah mercedes monet would have been great sure cm punk coming back would be awesome but He's a guy that belongs in the AEW landscape, I think. And now he can actually just have himself a real career in AEW now. It feels like while this in, these injuries were awful, it does give him like that second chance to kind of reintroduce himself to AEW. Yeah, and I, I think it's something that, you know, it's something that we talked about for a while is that this is something that honestly Adam Cole needs in terms of a character refresh. The problem is, is that the weird problem with him is that, you know, we, we label his character sort of boring because he was just doing the same thing. The character was still over, you know, by fan margins. It's it's kind of more of a Twitter thing and more of our end opinions, I guess, as well. But, you know, Adam Cole, baby, boom, all, he, the crowd still loves it. The crowd's still into it, all these things. Um, it's not that it wasn't over. It was just maybe boring is not the word. It was just felt stale because um, it felt like something we've seen for six years or whatever it was. Um, and yeah, and I think, you know, you can do the same Adam Cole, baby, you can do the whole boom thing and just have it be Adam Cole as a face. I think it still works. You know, we know that Bobby Fish is out of the company. We know Kyle Riley is on the shelf for another couple of months and, you know, uh, the elite are off being the trios champs. I think it's totally good, a good idea to separate him from everything, have him be his own guy for a bit. I don't want him involved with any of the elite stuff. Uh, let's just have him be his own dude. And uh, yeah, and I'm excited to see where they take him. I, I don't know where. I think you're right that a good little singles match uh, would be nice to have on Revolution, maybe against Takeshita. I don't know. I let just, I'm on a big Takeshita high. Um, just because. Yeah, just you know, give give him something. That could be Get a them nice both little spot. on that show. Um, that might be tough because they're both definitely be baby faces. So maybe you want to yeah, put them against have a cool wrestling match. That's okay. Maybe put them against Swerve. Maybe that could be interesting. I I think well, that'll be Keith at this point because Keith has yet to come back. Yeah. Um. But I mean, you can even build that story of hey, we both need to try to go out there and prove it. And you're you know you're the great. I'm great. Let's just go and do that. And I think that's that's how I sell a match. Perfect build. Perfect build <laughs> right? for me. 
Because I think at this point, you kind of want Takeshita on as many shows as you can. Yeah. And you obviously want Cole on that show. So, mm-hmm. that I don't sense. know. I'm excited. I think Adam Cole's, like, return got overlooked because of the matches that followed it and whatnot. It was, it was sandwiched but, between two great matches. And you're like, oh, god damn. Oh, dude. yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, it, I said, I think that if if we never had Omega and Danielson open a Dynamite, Mm-hmm. that Moxley versus Hangman would have been the best opener for yeah. a wrestling TV show I've ever seen. Um, and I also think it was the second best match on the show. So that should tell you all you need to know. Same. Um, other big news, talking point, you said uh, Mercedes Monet wasn't there. Um, no. it, it wasn't like explicitly advertised, obviously, but they had, you know, AEW had, had the mystery partner, then it was announced that Mercedes. Again, they were was, playing the CM Punk game. Yeah, it, it felt like that to us at the very least. That you know they they announced that they were doing mystery partner. Then later, I think that day or the next day, it was announced that Mercedes was working the New Japan show or that she was showing up at Wrestle Kingdom. Um, then you know they, we string it along, string the wrestle th- you know thing out. Then we get to last week, two weeks ago, I think it was maybe of uh, the interview. You had uh, Britt Baker say, you know, the, the line Banks in there, uh, and then immediately go into the next segment of Soraya, who picked Tony Storm, and then it was announced that Tony Storm was in it, and then Tony Storm was in the match, and then they had the match, and then Sheeta did her thing, and I, I thought maybe turn heel, but not turn heel. Don't know what's happening with that. Uh, then the lights go out, and then they hype up Rampage, and the crowd a little booed it, but it didn't really hurt the show as a whole because the main event was still very hot. I think that was a smart idea to have that there. It was one of the few times where I'm like, yeah, 100% have the women's match be the semi there. Um, uh, And then, yeah, you know, I don't think it necessarily hurt the crowd's experience. They definitely probably weren't happy for that. I don't know how much Mercedes played into sales and whatnot. I I don't know. I'm I'm sort of mixed on it. I agree that the, the, the weird bad timing of the mystery partner and Mercedes showing up for the announcement of Mercedes showing up for Wrestle Kingdom was a weird bad timing there. But then once Britt Baker said Banks, it was like, okay, all right. But yeah. I'm also in the same vein of like, well, she said Banks and then literally yeah, boss. the boss or whatever it was. Yeah, boss. Yeah. And then literally the next interview segment was the Soraya stuff where she outwardly says, and I'm picking Tony Storm. And then they advertise Tony Storm. So part of me is like, yeah. Well, she said boss, but then literally the next thing happened was, but I'm picking Tony Storm. So I'm also it, like, it, I mean, in some ways, I feel like I'm her Carter Sheeta, and I'm like, what the hell? I thought I was going to be Mercedes yeah. Monet. What the heck? <laughs> if anything, I'm heel. Just, I, I sh- I'm, I'm Sheeta, and I should turn heel and Soraya. That's what I should be doing. They just played the game poorly, I think. Like, th- they never denied it. They tried every tease in the book. To kind of be like, yeah, you know, maybe. I don't know. You know, Soraya did it. Uh, everyone did it. I mean, I knew over a week before that she wasn't going to be the partner, but I never, I never thought she wouldn't show up. I always thought maybe after the match, because yeah, to me, Mercedes Monet's first match outside of WWE being a tag team match on a random dynamite that never felt right to me. Yeah. But her being on the show did because they have that relationship with new, the relationship with new Japan at this point where it's like, yeah, we could do you saw, we can have her first match be on your show and not ours, but we want an appearance obviously, because listen, Mercedes Monet showing up is big enough. That's all you would need. 
Um, yeah. And I think that's, you know what? I still do think a deal eventually happens. Yeah. Right. I think it's just, maybe it didn't work out or maybe it was just never the plan. Like that's, those are the games we play here. And this is wrestling after all. You get so many of these though. You can only not, not advertise, but false advertise so many times before you're like, all right, I'm not going to believe this anymore. And again, they never advertised she was showing up. They never said Mercedes Monet showing up. But after a while, if you anger people with the surprise mystery opponent and stuff like that, people will start to not care. You're fine for now because you don't usually do that. Usually you do deliver on the big, oh, my God, um, this is like the first time, at least in a long time, you haven't. But you got to be careful. Yeah, it, it's. I think it's one of those, I, I think. Especially with Sasha Banks fans. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I think it could be possibly <laughs> two things. One, uh, a deal was in the works and never finalized. I think that's totally possible. Um, I also could see a reality of we never explicitly advertise her. You can't, you can't really say it's false advertising because we never explicitly advertise her in any capacity. Uh, wrestling. Yeah. Wrestling works. But I think 100% Tony Khan probably was just like, Hey, if that's what people are thinking, sure. If it sells some tickets, sure. I don't care. You know, I'm making money for, and I have yeah. to spend money, so that's fine so, well, by me. As we've seen with Battle in the Valley, she's the type of person you probably want to advertise. Yeah, so yeah, I agree. And and that's so. another point is like you almost want to like if you're gonna do that, you almost want to set it up for like a big show. Like that's the weird yeah. thing with wrestling overall. It's like with someone like her, yeah. right, or the CM Punk return or stuff like that. You don't want to give away what's happening. Yeah. But you want people to tune in to see it. So you have to do all. And that's why I think Tony and AEW were under attack in that way. It's like you did all this to kind of do that and it didn't happen. Yeah. Like that's the weird, that's the difficult game you have to play to make sure people are watching. Like with Adam Cole, Adam Cole is for the AEW fans. They didn't need to do any teasing for that one. They knew all eyes would be on the show anyways. Yep. But you can't do that with someone like a Banks uh, or Monet, or you can't do that with someone like Punk because you're trying to get outside audiences. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I understand why you do that because, again, she's going to put big eyes on your show she's going to move tickets and i i did see that she just got into a movie um mm-hmm. i think yesterday so all the people that are telling me at, at once upon a time that hollywood wasn't watching for her suck one um anyways she is she is going to do what she wants to do mm-hmm. and we know that already but i do think she will hit aw at least eventually somewhere down the line uh, but there will is... there will probably have to be a commitment on the women's wrestling side, which I think the division itself has done a great job growing anyways over the past couple of months. Between, it's still not between to the that. two tag matches, the street fight and the, the normal yeah. tag match, I really walked away like, oh, the women's good. division's good. Yeah, they, there's still ways to go in other spots. Sure. The, the TVS title. Um, but they they have a division now they have a division you could be happy about right and i think i do think ring of honor has helped that in some ways and believe it or not just because like 
I know Willow was jumping in anyways, but like Willow's been a great ad and there's just a lot of things going with that women's division that if there were a time for Mercedes Monet to walk in, it would be now. Yeah. Also Jamie Hayter. Just Jamie Hayter as an overall person existing has done so much good for them in that division. So who do you think's more likely to return? Uh, or not return, but who's more likely to show up in AEW? Uh, Mercedes Monet uh, or CM Punk? CM Punk. <laughs> <laughs> you see those Instagram photos? The guy's sweating. The guy's working. Oh yeah, this. I, I every single day, every time he does something, it feels more inevitable that that guy's gonna walk in. Mm-hmm. He and the elite are gonna be willing to do business. Like every a report that comes out makes it sound like it's the young bucks, if anything, that's holding him out. And even they are always willing to play ball. So like CM Punk and FTR versus the Elite is as big a money match as they have yeah. right now. Yeah. It it's gonna be shocking for them not to do it. If they can find a way to pull that off a revolution, you know, between that Danielson and the only thing that keeps it from happening is CM Punk. I think more than anything else, truthfully, because because that's how CM Punk works. You just don't know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's that's a fair point. That's a very fair point. Um, what other bits from the show that happened? Uh, the obviously the Escalera de la Muerte match was uh, fantastic, closing off. Well, MJF happened. MJF happened. Uh, you didn't let you talk about that. Go ahead. Go go do your thing. I think his title reign stinks. Okay. <laughs> like, I'm just going to say it so far. So far, it's early. Sure. But his promise of reign of terror is starting to feel like a reign of terror. Not a Triple H reign of terror. Let's chill out here. But, and I understand why he's doing the promos that he's doing. He wants to be booed. That's what he wants to do. He's a heel. He's trying to get booed. Any means necessary. Mm-hmm. But, I think we're at like a couple of weeks now where it just feels like he's going out there and rambling instead yeah. of cutting an actual good promo that he's done so many other times, right? You and me talking about a few weeks ago with him and Danielson and how that was terrible and how, you know, they did the mom jokes yeah, and I, I it was it that. was just unending nonsense. And now he's, you know, and I know he's clear. He cleared with Takesha, and he made that comment to go off Disco Inferno, and you know he's co- going from the Cano- the Cornet likes and yeah, attacking the famous people in the crowd. Which, by the way, I could care less about. Um, if I, love attacking- I love that. I love. I love attacking. Yeah, the like, that was just like <laughs> I love that. That's part. what you. Ca- that's what wrestling does. Like yeah. if there's famous people or something, that's just what you do. So like that's fine. Not that I'm going to boo him because he's attacking Freddie Prince Jr. with a Scooby-Doo pun. Um, but I, that was actually the best part of the promo, I thought, uh, truthfully. But, like, for me, it's the – it's just the way it was handled, right? He talks down to Takeshita, and Takeshita says, kick my ass, and then Takeshita's kicked out of the ring, and he becomes an afterthought. Not that it mattered because he then had a phenomenal match and reminded everyone why he was there to begin with, but – that's the thing with MJF right now. It just feels like it's not clicking. I know he's trying to be booed and it's not always working, but you are a better wrestler than having to do the low hanging fruit and cheap heat all the time. Right? Like it, it's a weird balance. Cause I know why he's doing it. Cause he needs to be booed, but 
he's better than that. I think for me, I I don't really have I don't really have full issue with the content of the promos per se. I I think like they're cheap. It's all cheap heat stuff. I understand why he's doing it. He's he's playing into the Cornet people because obviously there are Cornet fans in the crowd for some reason. But obviously also most the AEW fan base doesn't like Cornet. He's playing into that to get heat because the guy lost a lot of heat. He got a lot of favors. A lot of people were cheering him. He needs to turn them on on him. That's the, that's the only way this works. The problem is, and I think this is really the root of the issue, is that the CM Punk feud, as fantastic as a feud that was, what that ended up doing was opening the Pandora box of a face MJF. Uh, of yeah. with that with that fantastic promo uh, about his is growing up in school uh, as the Jew boy that that whole promo I don't want to yeah. call it the Jew boy promo that feels bad but that really was the summation of that promo um, yeah. but that babyface promo um, it really opened up the eyes of everybody like oh this guy could be a great babyface I really feel for something yeah. this guy and now I care about this guy to a certain way instead of just you know he's the scum of the earth. Now that we've opened up that Pandora, yeah. Now that we've opened, <laughs> sorry. Now that we've opened up that Pandora box of MJF is there is a redeeming quality to MJF. Yeah, it is now a forever uphill battle for MJF, and he has now to constantly win back the or not not win back the crowd, but right. lo- lose back the crowd. I guess. Uh, you know, he, he is now he is Sisyphus where he is rolling this hill up the hill, this rock up the hill, and it's constantly falling back on him every crowd he enters. You know, some crowds boo him, some crowds cheer him, but he has to constantly do this cheap heat stuff because he's trying because it worked before. That's what got him to the dance that brought him to the whole thing because that's what worked before. But now he's stuck. And now, I, as much as I love the CM Punk, you know, storyline with him, we have created this situation where he is now constantly an uphill battle of winning back the crowd every week he's in. So it's, it, yeah. it, I think that's the bigger issue is that we've opened the box and we, what, how they, we can't close it. Maybe, maybe they should have just went with baby face MJF. That, that's, <laughs> I think that's kind of the answer that we, that you and me agreed upon when they went against it yeah. at the time. Um, I get why you did again, this company, the company that he heals, but I mean, you're seeing a guy like Swerve come on in a very natural way as a heel. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, I think, part of the problem for me with MJF is like, I'm watching one guy be so natural. Yeah. And I understand we opened the Pandora's box, but I have never had a reason to dislike Swerve before he started to do the heel stuff. So it's like, sure. right. And, and that's, and he's going to figure it out. I'm sure he is. But I'll tell you what, the ultimate challenge is this 60-man Iron Man match. That's going to be a big challenge for not only this reign, but uh, they need to heat this feud up now yeah, ASAP, right? Because don't get me wrong, Brian Danielson wrestling really freaking cool matches for the next couple of weeks is the best part of it, anything. Why about me? Uh, like Takeshita to Bandito. Um, to who the hell knows in the, in the next week, it'll probably be some like random new Japan guy, like Ishii or something. Kushida? Um, Kushida? He's, he's around. Kushida, I forgot he's around now. Um, like that's what we're probably gonna do, but I don't know. I'm having a great I, overall, I'm having a great time, yeah, with the Danielson like matches. 
But MJF Reign, I feel like every time he comes on TV, he doesn't feel like must-see TV at the moment. And he was must-see TV for pretty much all of 2022. Yeah. So you want him to get back there now that he has the world title around his waist. I feel like this is uh, the prime moment for the classic. Look at the ADB roster and think of some matches for Brian Danielson. Who are some work rate wrestling matches for Brian Danielson to wrestle again? We got we got Takeshita, we got Bandito. Can I throw out some names for you and just give me a quick yes or no if that uh, interests you? Ready? Uh, first yeah. one, AR Fox. Yeah. Oh yeah, baby. <laughs> Get into it. Uh, I don't think it's as high as the other two, but that'd be good. Brody King. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, baby. Um Daniel Garcia, we've already done. Da, da, da. Uh Eddie Kingston. They've done that before, but I would do it again. Especially with Eddie not in an important role at the moment. Yeah. Uh Dustin Rhodes. Done that before too. Mm. But I, I, do I don't again. remember all the ones they've done before. Uh, the, 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 those two were um eliminator tournament. The the uh, AEW yes. eliminator. Yes, yes, yes. You're you are right. Um, let's see who else. Who else? Who else? Uh, I'm just gonna throw out. Him None of these are as juicy, by the way. None of them as juicy. Know, so <laughs> uh, uh, just throw this out here. I think this is an interesting matchup. Lance Archer. Haven't seen him in a while. That'd be good. That would be really good. I mean, Lance Archer is very good to begin with, and Brian Danielson's, you know, Brian Danielson. So mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. sure they can make that work. Similar vein, we haven't seen this guy in a while. Maybe he's a second to MJF. Maybe he's the big heavy. You know, run it back as the Eliminator Tournament final. Him versus Miro. No. Yeah. I'm done with Miro, by the way, people. Been done with Miro. Uh, All three of them are available now, so we can talk about that. Uh, Pac, Phoenix, Pentagon. Yeah, I do all three of them. <laughs> <laughs> Just run through it. Just run through it. I said Pac the other day. I was like, I need it. Uh, yeah, why not? Uh, I, I know you don't want to give away big matches, but I don't know. Uh, anyway, it's not a big match. They, all three of them just lost the best the best of seven series. They can lose a singles Pac match against Brian Danielson. Pac, Pac, you want to talk about, you know, AEW needing heels. Hello. Pac is like better than most. Yeah. He's an instant guy. I think that's kind of the story. I'm sure they'll go down soon, but. Uh, what about a, a potential returning Scorpio Sky? Remember that guy? No. Uh, Swerve Strickland. I feel like that should be its Absolutely. own. Absolutely, I feel like that, that should be its own feud. Though. Match. Yeah, like that's a pay per view match. Right yeah, there. that that feels like a some sort of pay per view. Sorry, what was that? <laughs> All right. Well, we have to move forward. We're on a time limit, after all. Yes, we are. I'm just now looking at the New Japan roster real quickly. I'm just giving a thinking. Of I playing. know the roster, <laughs> all of them. Okay. <laughs> so Chase Owens. Chase Owens. Uh, he's not going to be brought in to wrestle on Dynamite. Despy. Yeah, that'd be sick. <laughs> I I would pop. I would pop big if Despy got brought in against Danielson. I'm like, yeah, baby, let's do it. Let's go, baby. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Um, I, I mean, I would pop if like Kushida also went in. That would be pretty good. Um, be hard to kill. What was that? Right. Do you Sorry. know? Uh, just by the way, Mercedes Monet. Uh, and Kyrie are the only people with uh, New Japan female roster profiles. Hmm. Interesting. Fun fact. Fun fact. 
Anyways, let's move on. Um, let's talk about, uh, is there any other things you want to talk about for the LA Forum show? Any of the other matches that you want to shout um, out? Anything from Rampage as well? Rampage. Rampage Baby. No, I don't think so. Do you want to talk about the uh, the controversy oh, the that match? was women bleeding? No, not really. I think it's stupid. I think, I think, it was, I think we, we do this every time. Um, but I just don't think it's worth it. I think they, I think all four of them should be proud as hell for what they did. They got the main event spot. They went out there and delivered that powerbomb spot was crazy. Uh, Ruby was a absolute mess in there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I, these are the types of things that I'm excited for. Someone that, you know, I've been in and out on Ty Conchi as a wrestler. I've been very critical of Anna Jay as a wrestler. Mm-hmm. I've been back and forth on Ruby in AEW. I like Willow. Um, this was just a complete win for all of them, right? And uh, I think that blood isn't a bad thing. I think that it works in the right spots, and this is a feud that deserved it. This is a mm-hmm. feud that featured Ty Conchie breaking her nose. Yeah, start, right? that's where it started. Is she at. Ty Mello now? Is that her name? Yeah, Ty Mello. Ty Mello? Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, I've forgot that she changed it yeah. um i don't know why i think it's just because she's with jas i think that's the idea uh, sure uh but i think overall that this is this is the type of thing you need and, and tag team matches for the women's division have done so well that just keep doing it it's working it's working uh that power bomb again was terrifying but Anna seems to be fine. I'm pretty sure she was like posting stuff like right after. So yeah, it's okay. It's okay. People. I promise that doing a spot from ECW from back in the day is not a bad thing. Yeah. Uh, shout out to, was it May young? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think I, three, three, two things I want to take, talk about is real quickly is that, uh, uh, uh that power bomb, everyone, I, I saw people reacting to that power bomb. Like it was Anna Jay's fault for missing the table. Uh, 100% the blame goes to Willow, actually. You know, I I love Willow, but she's the one that placed the table. She's the one that jumped off with the powerbomb. Yeah. How is it? Anna Jay was just there for the ride. I don't understand why people are, are blaming Anna Jay for that. Uh, she's the one that took it. So I think I right. think we should be absolved for it. Oh, and it's by not the way, her fault at all. And people are talking <laughs> about that as a botch and everything. And, and Anna Jay's fault and everything. There was a Anna Jay botch earlier in the, sh- earlier in the match that she... It was like she, Willow was just like kind of throwing her, but Anna Jay didn't go with the throw, and so she just kind of like landed on her head. It was really bad looking. Um, it was really ugly looking. And the other thing is, is that like you know, I, I the blood stuff is so stupid, so dumb because you get all these people wringing their necks about women's equality in wrestling, and you know, talking about oh, we need more women's matches and more, more women's storylines. But the moment we have a cool ass storyline, cool ass match of a lot of blood, uh, everyone is like, you know, you know waving their doilies out in the air clutching the pearls and be like oh my they can't women can't be doing that so it's just like it's a just yeah. a bunch of bullshit if you're going to talk if you're going to be on twitter and talk about like female wrestling equality then when stuff like this happens you need to actually support female wrestling equality it's a thing mm-hmm. i've talked about on the show before is that a lot of social media stuff is all bullshit when it comes to that they don't actually I give a shit and it's so frustrating i didn't I didn't know there was bullshit until after I watched it, like yesterday. I was like, "Oh, yeah, missed missed that one." 
Yeah, yeah. I was like, dodged the bullet. That was great. That was really good. So very good. I I, I really enjoyed it. Um, let's move I think on. Rampage was very good. Yeah, but Rampage I will is say, better too. My boy Juice needs to switch it up. It, it's funny. <laughs> it's funny you bring that up. I had that thought when I was watching the Juice match that it makes me sad. Juice turning heel worked great in, in New, New Japan. Japan. <laughs> but honestly, a, the face juice would work better in AEW, I think. Yeah. Well, that's the that's the juice that's not only... I don't think the rest... I think he's still a very good wrestler, no matter what. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think people are oddly wrong about him, actually, mm-hmm. for most of the time. I don't think they get him. And I think that is probably the problem with him as a heel, is that they didn't see the rock hard to, or the... A lot of them didn't see flamboyant to rock hard and kind of understand the difference. But the flamboyant version of him with the killer promos and yep. the great underdog yep. style, yeah, that would be killer yeah. in AEW. Um, so I hope that – I hope he figures it out because he's such a talented guy, and I'm sick of people being like, eh, you know, he's he's fine in the mid-card. I'm like, well. He's yes, he is a guy that's gonna be in your mid card, but he's upper mid card. He could be that guy. Yeah, I've seen it. I saw him do it. Yeah, it also it, he hasn't done anything, or the AEW hasn't presented him in a way that really endears no, the crowd or they, anything to him. Not in like the a, only a time a they use him is just way, to but, toss him into a match. Yeah, they've only they've always just tossed him into matches. That's all they've done with him. Like you, you need to get behind him, and you need to. I think this is one of those times where you use like those road to. Like he's not gonna be in a show like that, but that's how you get him over is just let him talk. He, yeah, he needs to be doing more promos. That's all he really needs to be doing. He's great at promos. That's all he needs. To also, be doing. like being attached to Bullet Club in 2023 is not great. So, well, if you get Jay White in, maybe, <laughs> maybe we'll see. Game cha- if you have those two running together, I think it's a lot of changes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about uh, oh another- what Adam Cole versus Jay White. For revolution. Oh, that's a good one. He did get hurt in that match, after all. I mean, Jay White protected the shit out of him, but yeah, that, that but is you, where he got hurt. But you could you could finagle away into Adam Cole blaming oh, yeah. Jay White. Yeah, you know, similar similar Jay to the Page story, in. though. But I don't know about that. Yeah, yeah well, Jay White versus Adam Cole in your pay per view. You take it. You just take it. Yeah, that's interesting. Interesting. AEW doesn't always need reason for their matches. We know this. Yeah, especially pay per view matches. Yeah, I'm buying the pay per view anyways. <laughs> exactly. They, they know they already have you. Yeah, they, they already got me in. They uh, got the freakazoids. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a bona fide freak. Um. <laughs> anyways, let's talk about Impact. Impact Hard to Kill was this past Friday. It was uh, a show that took place sold out. We don't need set- to do every match, by the way. No, that's fine. I, I'm, I'm skipping the count countdown. Um, the the uh, oh, tra- you don't want to talk about Mike Jackson. No, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. That match, good work outside Mike Jackson. It was, a lot of fun. it was exactly what I thought. Everyone working, Mike Jackson doing his fun spots, and that was Kushida it. was great. She was great. In that. I forgot how good Kushida is. <laughs> I, it, I was I was watching that though, and I was thinking to myself, of man, this guy is working. That that whole first match. All these guys working this countdown match, this five-way scramble or whatever. You know, Kushida, yeah. he's working this scramble. And in alternate reality, he just worked a uh, Wrestle Kingdom. 
Yeah. <laughs> this uh, reality, uh, he didn't work the Wrestle Kingdom, and instead on the pre-show for an Impact pay-per-view. At least we got a big match coming with him and Darby. Thank God. Speedball Mike Bailey. Independent Wrestler of the Year, probably. Just one bola. <laughs> Just one bola on the pre-show. Didn't have a spot on it anywhere on the card, though. I, I said... I said, I can't believe I'm watching a future New Japan main eventer and Delirious wrestle in the same match on an Impact pre-show. But here we are. Yeah. That being Yuya, Yuimura as well. So And and, and yeah. they're and they're in a tag team situation. They're like, oh, we might team it up, Delirious and Yuya Yuimura. It's like, all right, all right, okay. And people wonder why the TNA relationship died with it <laughs> with New Japan for so long. Yeah. But let's talk about Hard to Kill. Um, Impact Wrestling Hard to Kill was a sold-out show from Atlanta, Georgia. I was not there. Uh, I was at work. Boring work. Uh, but Big I thought... It was worth selling out. That's what, that's what he's saying. Yeah. Um, I thought this was a better-than-average, really good, hard to kill... Not hard to kill, but Impact pay-per-view as of late. What did you think of that? This is Impact, man. Like... The past year, they have shut me up. They have won me over. I actually was looking forward to this show, despite Bully Ray having a title match. <laughs> and it was a good show. Like, I think that's the best. I walked away saying this was a good show. You you checked a lot of boxes. You had good wrestling over here. Mm-hmm. You had the all the crazy shit over here, right? It's like... This is what Impact does. They're not going to give you a perfect show ever. It's just not going to happen. They have they don't have the roster to do a perfect show, truthfully. But they have a show that checks the boxes of what I'm kind of looking for in an alternate product like them. Yeah. And you're going to get, you know, some really great matches in there too. And I think now that Josh can move on, you're going to get more great world title matches like he's had. Yeah. Um, and by the way, that tag match once it came down to the two teams you wanted to come down to was great mm-hmm. uh also if we have masha slamovich lose another title match i'm gonna lose my shit <laughs> <laughs> but in all in all seriousness this was a this was another good effort by them and a hell of a way for them to kick off a year after what i thought was a really good 2022 for them yeah, let's. Do you want to just quickly go through card? I don't. Yeah. Just, do you have a big? Yeah, points? we can go through card. I mean, I want to add that Frankie Kazarian signed with Impact, which I think is a oh, yeah. big move for them. It, it, it's not the type of move that'll get a lot of people talking, but it's the type of move Impact needs. Yeah, that makes sense. Frankie Kazarian signs with uh, with Impact. Uh, he uh, the report afterwards was that he asked for his release from AEW. He filled out the remaining of the matches on his contract. And then uh, signed over with Impact, and this all happened uh, roughly after the Frankie Zarian Josh Alexander match, uh, from whatever paper that pay per view that was. But that was also a great match. Overdrive. So. Overdrive. You're right. That was a good show, and that was a good match itself. He has a lot left in the tank, so yeah. I I appreciate him being a guy who says, "Yeah, I I don't want the paycheck. I just want to wrestle." You know, he because his career's on the back burner more than the front, uh, the beginning and heating up and. He's again. These are the types of guys you want Impact to get. He's a he's a bigger fish in this small pond of Impact, and I think yeah. that's a good move. And, you know, and it's it's a better signing than Bobby Fish because it's you know it's I mean, not Bobby Fish, it's not Bobby Fish, but also it's an you know an Impact original. 
yeah, the, the TNA. He's an Impact, impact guy. Yeah, he's Impact, impact legend. For guy. sure, when it transitioned to Impact, he's 100% Impact original. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's still around there. Uh, yeah, no, TNA, it's a good signing. They, they present him in a big way because he's been a TNA spe- uh, royalty in a lot of ways. So. Yeah, and I think it, he's, it's a good way of place for maybe for him to end his career there for the next couple of years and uh, put over a bunch of new guys. I think that's a good spot for him. Uh, but Impact, uh, open up the show. It was revealed that they're opening up the show with the world title match, Josh Alexander versus Bully Ray in the Full Metal Mayhem match. Uh, this match, you and I, uh, of course, have mocked Bully Ray in the past. Uh, we thought that Bully Ray was a little stinky, stinky baby. Um, and that, uh, could not believe that he, I, I mean, I would argue that he was, he, I put the credit on that he sold the, sold the show. Uh, maybe, you know, that's discounting the Mickey James of it all, but I was putting it all like, oh, Bully Ray sold out of uh, a sold out arena. So good on him. I think you wanted it for the memes more than anything. Maybe. Who knows? I'll never tell. Um, but I'll say this. It had a lot of shenanigans that I didn't really care for all the much. Yeah. But the work that Bully Ray did, and especially Josh Alexander, really made this match mm-hmm. really, really good. Uh, and it blew my low expectations out of the water. First half of the match was great, I thought, like legitimately great. I thought this was, I thought I was going to end up having to give like a match with Bully Ray a decent rating. I was like, and then I all the Gaga this, happened. Do I give this four stars? <laughs> I know. And then all the bullshit happened. So I was like, ah, oh, don't have to worry about that anymore. Yeah. Uh, like I couldn't have done. I could have done anything but have that Tommy Dreamer stuff. I can't stand Tommy Dreamer. Um, <laughs> like I didn't, I didn't think it. when uh, Alexander's wife came in that was bad. That was the only like crap of yeah. the run-ins that I enjoyed. Yeah, but it did hurt the match a lot. But the action, like you said, was great. Josh Alexander again. AEW so lucky to have the uh, not AEW. AEW wanted this guy. Impact is so lucky to have this guy because yeah. he is he. Not only does he deserve to be the longest reigning Impact World Champion. But he deserves to continuously go out there and fly the flag for Impact because he is he's on the level as a like I would put he's the only Impact wrestler I put in that conversation of like among the very best. He's yeah. that good, yeah. and we've seen it. Like he's having great matches with guys that we we you and me have pretty much written off, right? Eric Young, Eddie Edwards, and I think Eddie Edwards actually has shut me up again. Um, in other ways, the guy but, flipped the switch. Yeah, and now Bully Ray, right? Yeah. And it's like bravo to him. Yes, this match ended up not being as great as I, it was at some points in the early going, but uh, it told the story and it got Josh over more. So that's that's why this feud happened to begin with. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was successful. I was like, oh, hot damn, this match is actually really good. So uh, yeah. yeah, no, I totally agree. That Tommy Dreamer stuff can. Uh... Hit hit dirt. That was. <laughs> I can't stand Tom. It also come in fake. Oh, I might hit you, Josh. Be like, actually, I'd be bully. Boom. Oh, so stupid. Try to do a spot. I don't, I don't the, even... the guy can barely move. Oh, I'll try to do a spot. Oh, and then I got speared through a table. And, I was like, yeah. and I'm like, why do people react to this guy? He sucks. He's yeah. never been like whatever. I'm not talking about Tommy Dreamer anymore. Yeah. I love also, by the way, the uh, the Josh Alexander. Um, uh, he did. I believe this was the finish where he did a ankle lock 
but then also put a chain around Bully Ray. Oh, that wasn't the finish. That he just did finish? that earlier in the match, and I thought it should have been the finish. That should have been the finish. <laughs> That's, uh, that was the most memorable thing to take away. I was like, holy shit, what an image. What an image yeah. to end it on. And also Gosh. put over you know, put over his move more. That would have been great. Uh, Impact World Tag Team Title Elimination Match. This was the Machine Guns, uh, Motor City Machine Guns, uh, defeated uh, Bullet Club, Ace Austin, Chris Bay, Heath and Rhino, and Brian Myers and Matt Cardona. Uh, Myers and Cardona eliminated Heath and Rhino first. Then a- Bay and Austin eliminated uh, uh, the major players. And then we got three minutes of really great tag team action. That's my, That was my takeaway from this yeah. match. Ah, Ace Austin and Chris Bay are so good. They are so good. And I'm sick of just having them sit around in this company yeah like new japan's used them great and i think they have momentum now so you like they're maybe the best parts of bullet club right now in all seriousness because they they're they're not only young but they they're hungry and i think you're seeing that in a lot of ways mm-hmm. uh if you're not running them and motor machine guns on your next impact special then what the hell are you doing? Because they're going to have a phenomenal match just based off the three minutes they had here. Oh, 100%. 100%. You got to do that. I also, real quickly, just love the Motor Machine Guns holding the uh, New Japan Strong Tag titles and thinking to myself, oh, yeah, that shows that ending. <laughs> I wonder what sure that titles. <laughs> no wonder they gave them to Motor Machine Guns. Uh... Good way to retire them. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, uh, I think, yeah, I think you gotta, we gotta push Bay and Austin here now more. I like them as like a future, like, like the new, new age Motor City Machine Guns. Um, there's Ace something- Austin's been a future world champion for about five or six years now. Yeah. It's like 2017 still very young. we're talking about him as a world champion. But I'm, I'm very ready for this guy to not just do X Division stuff and just do tag team stuff but if he's going to be in a tag team he's going to be in tag team with the guy that i also really like so the guy's 25 years old and he's been a future world champion for five years so hot damn uh impact digital media title match joe hendry defeated moose Um, all right this is okay so this match stunk ass um So the finish of this match was Moose wins, uh, but uh, I forget how he won. I think it was with hitting the title or doing something. He had the spear and after low blowing him or something. Okay, yeah, it was some shenanigans or whatever. Moose but wins the title at the, wrestling. I'll get to that. Uh, but Moose Moose wins the title, and then the director of authority bringing back that old Impact TNA gimmick. The last one I believe was Dusty Rhodes. Um, Santino Morella comes out doing the gimmick, um, doing the whole accent and everything. Um, I believe he's been on Impact before uh, because I think he works for Impact, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but he's come on on screen before for Impact without the accent. Now he's back on with the accent. I just picked up on that. Um, and yeah, he he restarted the match. He did a whole bit that was really didn't really land. Uh, the match restarted and Joe Hendry won. And this match stunk. And I'll tell you why it stunk. Number one, <laughs> it you're this is Moose's hometown. <laughs> the crowd is into him. You showcase his friends are there from the Falcons. And then they do, you know, he wins by cheating or whatever, but that's fine. He can be heel in other towns, but he's a face here. 
And then uh, and then you restart the match, and then the guy that the crowd wasn't into won the match. So it just killed the vibe of the show. And number two, why was the crowd not into Joe Hendry? Because he is bad at wrestling, and he is a charisma vacuum. The only thing that it makes this guy over is his theme song. And even then, I think it's dumb and boring. It has a weird key change and music shift in the middle of it. Like, it should just be the I Believe in Joe Hendry. He came out to shoot today. Ryan came out to shoot on Joe Hendry today. I don't don't like Joe Hendry. I I, I keep... I've seen so many Joe Hendry matches. I'm like, I feel like this guy should be better than he is. And every time, it disappoints me. I'm sick of of being disappointed. I remember you coming, like, when he got announced for Ring of Honor one time, I remember you coming on the show and be like, oh, you know, good for him. He's back. This should be good at And then, like, one match, and you're like, oh, he fucking can't do this anymore. Well, Um, because I was like, I saw one match, and it was, like, pre-pandemic. So I was like, all right, he might have gotten a little better. I was like, oh, I'll give him a little benefit. so bad. Awful. He's not good. He's awful wrestling. I don't need to talk about this. I have nothing to say about this match. It's bad. It's just, it's just. Impact doesn't realize that Joe Hendry isn't working. I really don't think he's working at all. The guy he gets over because of his theme song. Even like then, I don't think the theme song's that good. I'll say it. Well, I think the theme song's bad. Well, you don't watch Impact week to week, so <laughs> don't threaten well, me with a I, good time. I don't either. I don't either. So <laughs> don't threaten me with a good time, Scotty. Um uh, Impact Knockouts title number one contender four way match. Masha Slamovich defeated the competition here by defeating Diana Perazzo, Killer Kelly, and Taylor Wilde. What do you think about that this was match? That's pretty good. That was pretty good. Um, yeah, Masha and Diana kind of leading the way, mm-hmm. which you know that's better. Um, I believe they were the original was, match. <laughs> yeah, mistaken. which would have been nice if we could have kept it that way. Uh, but I thought uh, Killer Kelly. Looked better than I've seen from her mm-hmm. previously. And uh, Taylor Isle's good. She just has some weird gimmick. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think that, I think the new gimmick, I don't know. Masha's so good. Masha's really She's good. So good. Deanna's <laughs> obviously known good. Killer Kelly. Confirmed good. Killer, Killer Kelly in a four way was better. Yeah, I mean, I see our conversation I, I, about Soraya in a tag match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was watching Killer Kelly. I was like, okay, I, uh, all right, <laughs> that's sure. Yeah, it's uh, she's she did fine. She did fine. And then uh, Taylor Wilde, I, I like the new gimmick change, but it also isn't working because she's supposed to be the heel. So yeah, she Taylor Wilde has this interesting thing about her where you kind of just want to cheer her anyways i think this is maybe the person she is but like seeing her and being a heel here i was like ah, i don't know <laughs> i don't know what the heel stuff but i thought the next three matches were maybe the best three matches of the night so Ooh, i'll have to disagree with you on one of them uh i if i'm gonna laugh when it's the women's match uh no uh, it'd be this one. The Falls Count Anywhere in a Oh, this match. one wasn't even a match. This was just a brawl. Yeah. Uh, well, this was the next three matches, so that's why I was like, oh, I disagree. Uh, Steve Macklin versus Rich Swan. Uh, talk about why you like this match before I talk about I didn't like this match. I liked that a Falls Count Anywhere was anywhere. For I, once. That I did like. That I did like. That doesn't ever happen. Um, I you know what's weird? 
I never felt like this was a match match. Like I never thought this was a match. It was a, a lot, mostly a walk and brawl. Yeah. Thing. And I liked it because Steve Macklin won. <laughs> I feel like I, I mostly am just out here to root for Steve Macklin nowadays yeah. when I watch impact. Um, I don't know. I thought it was just a good brawl. I didn't, it it was probably, I think this was like on the same level for me as like Black Tarus and Miguel from uh, the countdown, which by the way, that match should be a lot better than this to me. Mm-hmm. Um, if you had the main event over this, oh, not the main event, the world title match over this, mm-hmm. the impact, I would understand that um, because that had better action. It just, you know, that had way too much of the bullshit. After, uh, with Tommy Dreamer, that really angered me. <laughs> yeah, but I could understand that. Otherwise, it was a good brawl. But I like I never I forgot it was a match at one point. I will say that. <laughs> I I I did like it was Falls Count Anywhere, and they played in like the parking yeah. lot area uh, and all that stuff. But it was kind of just like it basically was like a street fight parking lot brawl that turned into like a false cut anywhere in the arena match, which is like fine. Yeah. I think I would just preferred it. If, if you're going to do a street brawl, parking lot brawl, start to that. Yeah. Do less walk and brawl stuff and do more. It's a false cut anywhere. Do more stuff of like, Oh, I'm grabbing a shovel. That's cool. But like, you had two cars there and not a single person could go on, you know, do a move on top of a hood or through a window. Yeah, I get that. You know, I get that. Yeah. You know, what a funny, what, I like the idea. Yeah, of can't the afford the a mulligan car. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But like, also like the car comes up and then you see him and then you throw him onto the hood and just do that. That's fun. That's right. a funny bit. Um, yeah. I, I, I just that. wish they did more stuff like that. And to me, that frustrated me because I was like the stuff that they end up doing was like, it was just sort of a walk and brawl. I've seen a billion of these. Yeah. Uh, so I just sort of like, it was sort of, to me, it was sort of uninspired, but ultimately I did agree. I like that. It was not just the arena, but somewhere else. And I also like yeah. the Steve Macklin one because now that bully Ray seems to be in the past, we can move back to Josh Alexander versus Steve Macklin. Yeah. It feels like the money match. Yeah, it feels maybe. like the, uh, Money match. I don't know if Steve wins. I think he should. Um, I think you're trying to establish him as a guy. I think he's, I think he's awesome. Like he, yeah. he is the type of impact find that they have every once in a while, right? What from guys that never really got a shot in WWE or something. He is like perfect for that. Um, yeah, I thought, I thought the ball was good in terms of like wrestling, wrestling but I get where you're coming from. You would have liked more of the false count anywhere street fight nonsense rather than just a wrestling match that traveled around the yeah. arena. Oh yeah. Um, next match was a singles that match. Might be a rich Swan thing, by the way, I think that's like just kind of how he wrestles. Like he's just a, re- he, like mm. when I think rich Swan, I don't think straight fight. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's a fair point. Well, Someone made a great tweet that was, uh, this isn't yeah. the first time that Rich Swan okay. got in a fight on a busy highway. Moving on. <laughs> was a great, I got a, that was a great tweet. That was a fantastic tweet. Uh, next match, singles match, Eddie Edwards versus Jonathan Gresham. I thought this match was really, really good. Uh, I think for me, personally, it was a, a little bit of a slow start, but once we really got into it, like after the first five minutes or so, it was like, oh, here we go, baby. Here we go. This is what I want. 
This is the Eddie thought, Edwards that I want. This is the Gresham that I want. Let's get into it, baby. This just edged up the main event for my match of the night. Um, this this was just pro wrestling. That's what this was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, there was there was nothing else I needed from it. It was just two really good wrestlers having a technical back and forth. You know, I I sat there and I was like, oh, I forgot Jonathan Gresham's like really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I sat there like, oh, I forgot when he's not doing the. Uh, pure rules stuff that i really enjoy watching him wrestle yeah and again eddie edwards i mean this guy has shut me up now twice <laughs> i'm just like all right maybe you are still good and you just didn't feel like trying for years upon years with the kendo stick and being crazy and stuff um i was a little shocked gresham won i mean lost a little shocked mm-hmm. but i guess it's to build eddie edwards and pco which all right that's not for me but that's okay um, just, just great. This is the, the the this was the match that I was waiting for all night. Of like, all right, what am I going to leave hard to kill with? Am I going to have that great match that I usually look for? Mm-hmm. And I did. I got it. it. It took a while, but I got it. Um, Eddie's great. Uh, Gresham's great. Gresham was a great signing for them, and um, I'm hopeful that they heat him up now. Like I know he lost, but now you can build him up. Yeah. Uh, because he had been undefeated in Impact. It's not like they brought him in and just killed him instantly he had been winning yep um all of his other matches so i'm intrigued i think i think gresham has a lot of potential here in impact and i think uh eddie when he wants to try is still very very good when he yeah when, when he's against a great wrestler he turned out to be a, he's a, turns it on let's, let's let's say this eddie edwards has had two matches better than davy richards has and i've been told for the past year that davy richards is the wolf that still can go so that's, that's not a shot of Davey. That's not a shot of Davey. No. That's more of a still pretty good. praise for Eddie yeah. than anything else. Yeah, he's pulling Eddie's pulling out like four star matches. And I haven't seen, yeah, I haven't exactly. seen a Davey four star match in his entire no. run. No. I mean he's wrestling MLW, so that probably Yeah. Fair point. Part of the reason. Main event, impact knockouts, title versus career match. Mickey James versus Jordan Grace. Uh we all thought different things. Maybe this would be the end of Mickey James. Maybe that's how it sold some tickets. Maybe she'll win the title versus in turn heel and teaming up with Nick Aldis. And nope, she just straight won the title. Mickey James defeated Jordan Grace in a great match. I believe I went full four on it. Um, it was really good. It was, this was a great match, I thought. Uh, <laughs> Jordan Grace was just a dominating beast, um, just like really destroying them. Uh, destroying Mickey James. And Mickey James, I thought this was her best performance in years. I thought this was fantastic. I, the match ended. I was like, "Mickey James' best career match." <laughs> I mean, I was, like, I was like, "Is this Mickey James' legend of professional wrestling greatest all time match?" And that's a joke for the Impact people that attacked me once upon a time about Mickey James. Could I um, could I quickly say that real quickly though? On Cage Match, it is her number one rated match. All right, so I'm not crazy. It, by by a second by the Deanna Mickey James uh, Impact oh, match. Master. From uh uh, it wasn't hard to kill. It was just the main event, just singles match between the two of them from last year, from November. Uh, Either way, my my point stands. This was great. I sat there actually thinking this could actually be the end of Mickey James, mm-hmm. which good job on their part. I thought Jordan Grace. This was one of her best matches, not her best. I thought, I thought she had a better match with Masha. Her, I don't know, one of them. Um, but this was right there. I think this was right there in that conversation. 
um, which is a credit to Jordan Grace and how much she's improved mm-hmm. as a professional wrestler. Um, they deserve the main event. They went out there and they killed it. If you, I think the last two matches specifically were the best two matches in terms of in ring content. And uh, yeah, I was stunned to see uh, yeah Mickey win clean. I kind of wish they went with the Altus thing. I was so sold on that. I was kind of really intrigued by that because when they showed her family, I was like, eh, there's no Altus. Like I know they wouldn't put him in the crowd anyways because he's an actual guy. Yeah, but I was like, hey, well. You know, we could do this if you wanted to, mm-hmm. uh, but good for her. I mean, I'm going to be really upset when she beats Masha, but good for her. I I think she's going to give Deanna the win. I don't know. Like, so is the idea here it now, should be that, those two. is the last rodeo over? I have no idea. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I, that's the part I want to find out is, and I guess we'll find it on Impact Television, is the last is rodeo she, over yeah. or if she loses the title, she's retiring. Because if that's right. the case and Masha's coming up, hmm, I could see Mickey James being like, I'm going to put over Masha Slavovich. She should. Yeah. I'm sick of Masha losing. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, this losing is losing in the big matches, I should say. She's winning a lot otherwise. Yeah. She's an upper mid card right now for sure. Uh, but yeah, th- this is, I thought this was Mickey James's best match. I mean, I mean, even just looking at her, match I've ever seen. looking at her cage match, it's like undoubtedly like y- the second, like this match right now on cage match is a 8.55, right? Pretty good. Pretty good. That's like a four and a quarter. I think, uh, yeah. the good second, bat. the second match for Mickey James is Deanna versus Mickey James from the last November, a 7.42. Which that is that is a steep drop. That's like a four and a quarter yeah. to what, like a three and a half ish, three three quarters. Yeah. Um, and then you got like the Royal Rumble, Elimination Chamber, Royal Rumble, and then Oscar versus Mickey James, which was like a six point nine six. This is right, right now like undoubtedly like the best match of her career. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I don't. I I'll be like that's the best Mickey James match I've certainly ever seen. So I don't won't yeah. put it out of the question. Yeah, the realm think- of possibility. I think the ultimate thing is like I think hard to kill prove to prove to me that impact deserves to be in the fold for not only us when we cover but for a lot of people I think they've yeah they're doing really well even like I don't agree with everything they do but I overall, see Joe Hendry versus Moose <laughs> Bully Ray Bully existence. Ray. Yeah. Um, in this promotion, I'll give him a pass uh, this week because he put out a really good yeah. match. <laughs> so I'll give him a also pass. Santino Santino Morella, but yeah. I I won't watch weekly TV, so he will never affect me. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, overall good, right? Overall, this this promotion that continues where they're going. Oh yeah, I, I totally agree. I I think they are definitely they they need to be brought into the family, um, the climb. wrestling family more. Uh, let's talk about this uh, Wrestle Kingdom 17 in Yokohama Arena. Kind of Wrestle Kingdom Part 2. Kind of. I don't need to talk about anything that's not the last two matches. I was about to say, kind of kind of uh, Wrestle Kingdom Part 2. Mostly, actually, a New Japan versus Noah Part 2 from last year. So it is it's a, a, it's a, re- it's, a it's a Wrestle Kingdom Night 3. A Wrestle Kingdom 2022 Night 3 Part 2. Does that work? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh yeah the the last matches that 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 what uh, five match singles matches that's really yeah. the show the only one I want to highlight that I really am interested in seeing um 
Uh, oh, Despo, Despi has a singles match. I didn't realize that. Um, but the other one that I'm really interested in seeing is the Oscar Lube, the one of the young lions, and uh, Tomohiro Ishii versus Daiki Inaba. Who gives a shit about the young lion and Inaba? But I'm really looking at Ishii versus Masakita Mia. Oh, baby. Let's go. Beef. <laughs> That's beef. a beefy. Those are beefy boys right there. Let me give me that, baby. Yeah. Um, yeah. that, I'm interested in that. Plus, that stuff. Who <laughs> gives a shit about these guys? <laughs> Everyone else who gives a shit? I don't care. Um, everything else I think is interesting. I'm probably going to watch I hope the they lend, uh I'm really hoping they lend out Ishii to Noah. That'd be so. fun. That would be fun. Um, and then we really got the big match. Big matches here. Five single matches. Uh, uh, some great stuff here. Uh, we f- so this should be interesting. The politics of this should all be interesting as well. Uh, but our matches are. Uh, do we? I mean, do we want to talk them individually? I feel like it's just kind of a group here. Uh, just breeze through the first couple. Bushi <laughs> versus Tadasuke. No thanks. Yeah, I mean, I'll watch it. That'll be fine. I probably won't. <laughs> uh, I, I I cannot tell you who will win that. <laughs> cannot tell you at all. Um, good way to get. It's a good way to get Congo a win. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um Hiromu takahashi versus uh hajime ohara i mean Hiromu... that sucks for Hiromu. continue well i know Hiromu's gonna win he's the current champion no i know but I, he could have had a better opponent i agree uh sonata versus manabu soya it's an interesting one just yeah. like on the surface it's a weird combo but totally agree uh and then we get into the sauce we get into the meat. We get into the sauce. Here we go. Shingo Takage versus Katsuhiko Nakajima with an unofficial yeah, of, baby, an unofficial sprinkling of of if Shingo wins, he'll challenge for the GRC title. If Nakajima wins, he challenges for the IWGP title. If they're lying, I'm gonna slap. I'm gonna slap <laughs> whoever let them say this. Uh, this is the one. Well, the main event is the one too, but <laughs> these this, they got they got two of the ones. They right? got two ones. This like I love this is here. gonna be this this is my wrestling right here. Yeah. Shingo, Nakajima, yeah, smashing the shit out of each other with lariats and kicks and oh man and elbows and forearms and anything else they can think of. This 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 is gonna be good. This 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 match right here. When I saw the like the graphic, I was like, "The show's already worth it." I could give a shit less. What else is on the show? Then I saw the rest of the cars like Togi Makabe. You'll pay for this, you piece of shit. <laughs> um, if it was just like anyone, if it was Ishii instead of Makabe, that match would legitimately be great. Yeah. Um, with Inamore <laughs> and Kiyomiya versus Okada. Yeah. But no, we have to have Makabe on there. Um, can't wait to see Makabe lose. <laughs> Boy, oh boy, Shingo and Nakajima. That's that's the good stuff. Yeah, plug that straight into my veins, baby. That's whew, thirty minute time limit. Give them more. I say that, but like a twenty five minute match from these guys would just absolutely slap. They're gonna go to draw because they said the title match thing. <laughs> <laughs> that that really, sounds right. No title match. <laughs> that no sounds match. right. I mean, there might be a few draws in here. I wouldn't be surprised. Okada and Nakajima would be sick. That would. I mean, it, it's not. I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility of Nakajima winning this match. Like, because I, Shaka, I think it's more yes. likely that Naito wins his. Um. So that's I, Naito. So yeah. Yeah. So I, I think <laughs> Nakajima winning is actually not in the realm of possibility. He's previously yeah. been in a G one. 
Like yeah. not many people remember that, but he was in a G one before. I don't know if he ever faced Okada in that G one. I would have to look that up. Yeah. Um, but he's yeah. Been, he's been in it before, so it's it's not out of the realm of possibility of him sort of like the the, the new Japan office being like, yeah, you know what? Sure, <laughs> why not? You can get a win here, and you can challenge. Uh, you know, after you know Shingo challenges and then Nakajima challenges. Uh, Nakajima, he was in the 2016 G one. Uh, he faced Omega, Omega, Naito, Yano, Elgin, Shibata, Evil, Hanma, Nagata, Yoshihashi. So he's never faced Okada. Uh, Hanma? So, Hanma, baby. Uh, who did he beat? Who did he beat? Let's see. He Oh, damn. He beat a lot of people. He beat Elgin, Evil, Hanma, Nagata, and Yano. Oh, wait. All the people that don't matter. Uh, and he lost to Naito, Omega, Shibata, and Yoshihashi. So uh, Yoshihashi, there we go, baby. Um, shout out, shout out the, to the Yosh. Um, so yeah, I don't think it's out of the realm possibility. It's a match that they haven't done before. Uh, he obviously was in New Japan uh, on a Noah excursion, sort of New Japan G1 climax thing before. I don't think it's out of the realm possibility that Nakajima wins this match. Listen, this is my ultimate breakdown. Give me Nakajima and Okada, or give me Kaito and Shingo. I don't care. It's a win-win. <laughs> baby, who baby? Give Sh- yeah, that's that would be great. Noah's be booking, they'd be like, you know, let's just give Shingo the belt. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> be like, uh, uh, we, we need him. <laughs> Even you guys better. can't take him like Kojima. You know, we all thought the KOPW would be wrapped into the IWGP title. No, KOPW getting wrapped into the GHC title. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> and then your main event of the show, uh, Naito versus Kano, the, fire f- the Fist King himself versus the Eye King himself. Uh, Kano versus Naito. Uh, this, this is a Wrestle Kingdom worthy main event. Yeah. I'll, I'll say that. I think it is. I think this is. Oh, this is awesome. <laughs> this is like two of the coolest wrestlers, even though I think like I, I see through Kano's coolness sometimes. It's like, all right, dude, chill out. <laughs> you're, so, you're way too intense. Yeah. A little too intense. Um, <laughs> with Naito, it's like down, Naito, yeah. just, Naito just doesn't give a shit. Yeah. When he's cool, and it's like, it's perfect. So, like, Kano's going to kick Naito once, and Naito's going to be like, all right, cool. Walk it off. Okay. Uh, this 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 is why Naito didn't have a big match at the first Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. It makes a lot more sense. You know, same thing. He's of like main eventing the second night of Wrestle Kingdom. Exactly. In sense. quotations. But this is a lot better than last year's um, 100%. show because it has two major singles matches which is enough for me it has um, it has single matches if it didn't have togi makabe we'd be <laughs> we'd be eaten we'd be eaten yeah. but uh there's no way does. there's no way they would have done that there's no way they would have done their ishii they could have ishii good yeah I, I see okay i see your point inamora is gonna get pinned yeah i don't know i mean togi makabe is there i, I wouldn't feel great about it no matter what let's have, just say that. I have kaito win here and then have naito win the main event you know i'm saying politically yeah. i could see that maybe and their names are similar their names kaito are similar you can't forget so. that but then you also want, if yeah. nakajima is being shingo your upcoming challenger for the iwgp title then maybe yeah. i mean makabe should be the one getting pinned. I will say that. It's just Inamora, that poor guy, has no shot in hell. Also, big pop that Jake Lee's not on the show. Anyways. No Jack Morris. I'm very disappointed. That's the real shame. That's, That's the, real, the shame. real shame. The new ace. The new the new Gaijin ace of Noah. I call him the international ace of uh, Noah because he is. 
can't wait for that title match. Uh, but in all seriousness, uh, very good. And since uh, we're coming up on the end of our time, mm-hmm. this is this is when I'm going to tell everyone that next week will be the week that we talk about our uh, promotions we're keeping and, and getting we're rid of. It. And, and we gotta push it. We gotta push it. This is it's my fault, and I'll admit that. But I want that to be a real discussion. We'll do that. You know, promotions. What we're looking forward to this year. Preview. Is it a preview of this year? What is what is the other thing we do? Uh, we kind of do like a year end discussion of like 2022. Thought of that as a year on promotional levels, yeah, and then like an overview of what we're excited about this year, yeah, and then kind of a discussion about what we kind of want to cover to a certain extent. What promotions we want to watch, maybe we watch a new promotion. Noah was sort of a new one last year, Stardom was sort of like the for me at least for the for when we the first year we started, Noah we brought into the fold. Uh, Noah, the next year you can find out. Are we keeping Noah? <laughs> Maybe the Yokohama Arena show will determine if we're keeping Noah. But next, uh, so next week is that and Muda, right? But we're gonna we're not gonna talk about Muda until the week after. No, we uh, the plan is to not talk about Muda next week because Muda will be the that morning. Um, the pl- we currently have a guest lined up for the 29th in two weeks where we'll talk about the Muda show. Um, but uh, yeah, next week is going to be Royal Rumble preview, Yokohama review, and then the overview of the year of 2022. And yeah, um, fantastic. And, and we'll, uh, speaking of the year of 2022, let's do some plugs. Uh, open up that old plug bag, I'll steal that gimmick. Um, and uh, yeah, no, uh, uh year end awards 2022 year end awards. If you're listening to this, if you're listening, watching this live stream right now on YouTube, on Twitch. Um, if you are watching this right now, you can uh, head over to the Countout Twitter page at Countout Pod, or I'll uh, react to them next week. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that. We'll get your reactions from that. But the the last day for that is today, so go vote. It's on the Twitter. It's the pin tweet at the top of the Twitter page. Uh, go vote for the year end awards. Um, last I checked, there was one more vote, so I, I didn't update it yet to see if there were one. There was one tiebreaker that I needed that we really needed uh, that I think might have someone might have broken that tie i'm not sure but either way go vote google form doc it's in there um please go vote it's the last day and we will announce the winners of that tomorrow on our patreon and then we'll get scotty's uh reactions and stuff uh next week as well when we have a big full-on discussion but scotty that was the year-end rewards uh give us your uh plug yeah plug uh match of the week oh, i can't say anything from aw tough or impact tough um I mean, I'll give I, you, I'll I, give you rampage if you want. We really talk. Well, we. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, I'll say. Uh, Kevin Owens. No, I'll say Yuki Yoshioka versus Skywalker from Dragon Gate. There we go. Found something. Um, plugs. Follow me at Scotty Wrestling on Twitter, and I'll have an article coming out this week. I have an interview coming out this week, so go check that out. And uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, make sure you vote. Vote one more day. Go vote. It's your last and, day. Uh, Next week we'll make sure it's a full episode since I uh I fucked up. That's totally fine, Scotty. No worries whatsoever. Um uh, my match of the week. Oh, Scotty just, and Scotty just left. <laughs> uh my match of the week is going to be um it's going to be where was it? Oh yes, it is. This one is the uh, from 2004. That's right. My match of the week. I saw this match this week. Kenta Kobayashi versus Jun Akiyama from Noah 
departure show July 10th, 2004 for the GHC heavyweight title. I went a full fiver on that one. I slapped the five down and said, yes, please. Um, so go watch that match. I only heard the end of it. What was it? <laughs> uh, my, my match of uh, the week was the match of the week. I, the ma- the best match I saw this week was from 2004. Noah's departure show. Kenta Kobayashi versus Jun Akiyama for the GHC heavyweight title. Oh, uh, okay. I put right. I slapped a fiver down and I thought it was a I heard five match. stars and I was like, hey, hey now, hey, hey, now, ooh, hey ah, ooh, ooh, slapped, ooh, I slapped ah. the five down. I well, I got a free sub from Subway. Um with that match. I just gave him the clip of the match and I got it walked out with a sub. Um I thought the match was fantastic. So uh definitely go check that out. But that was definitely that was the best match I could watch. Subway were big Noah fans. <laughs> I also love that you're. I don't see your video, Scotty. So just the audio of you being like, Ooh. I'm legitimately like pacing at the moment because I may or may not have to go to the bathroom, but I didn't want to fully leave. The show. <laughs> All right, then I'll close out the show while Scotty takes a dump. Uh, <laughs> thank you, everybody. It's actually not the dump. <laughs> I just gotta take a piss really badly, and I can't sit down anymore. So I will go. You're welcome. That is how I end the shows, people. This was ring post radio here on the countout network <laughs> ryan's dead ryan is corpsing ryan is gone uh next week we'll be back with reviewing the yokohama arena wrestle kingdom show with new japan and noah we'll be talking about uh uh, uh previewing the royal rumble match and we're going to give all our superlative guesses to see uh who walks away with that one again because last year if people forget ryan had to watch the worst matches on cage match because he lost that is true. So, uh, we'll come up with a new punishment for uh, the loser this year, and uh, yeah, lots of lots of fun. So, uh, Ryan, end the show. <laughs> see everybody. Thank you everybody for listening. We'll see you all next week. Goodbye. Yeah. This has been a Countout Podcast.